Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. This is season two, episode one. 30 years ago, when Sunlight started, it really was to help missionary families stay in the field for one more year. A lot of them found that they didn't know what to do about their children's education. And Sarita thought, I could do something about that. So started Sunlight. And for 30 years, Sunlight has donated a large portion of its gross income to mission organizations. For many years, we have had a fall giving campaign here at Sunlight. This year, we're very excited to do the first ever Sunlight Readathon. What better way to celebrate 30 years? You can read for missions. I'm Stephanie Rose, Sunlight's community manager. And today I have the great privilege to speak to all of the missionary organizations we are partnering with for this fall giving campaign. I will speak with Mission India's Todd Van Eck, Pioneers Chelsea Fretwell, Seed Company's Davis Powell, and Ed Cannon from Far East Broadcasting. Join me as we explore what each of these mission organizations focus on and even how you can help them all year long. Hello, and thank you for joining me. Today I have Todd Van Eck from Mission India. He's the president and CEO. We're gonna talk a little bit about Mission India and um, our new Sunlight Readathon. First of all, the Readathon, if you haven't heard of it, sunlight.com slash readathon, read-a-thon, or thon. You can learn all about it. It is combining our two favorite things, reading and missions. And we're so grateful to have you here, Todd, to talk a little bit more about your agency. Um, welcome. Thanks, great to be here. Yeah. So Todd, tell us a little bit about Mission India in general. So Mission India has been in existence for 42 years. And our vision um, is to see India transformed with the love of Christ. How we do that is every single day we have a mission, and that is to equip uh, indigenous Indians to plant reproducing churches. So we don't send North Americans to India. Um, we believe in terms of the work that the Holy Spirit's done there through missions, um, through people being sent, has left a a great group of, of people who are followers of Christ who want to be equipped um, to plant churches. And we do that one thing three ways. We start children's Bible clubs, adult literacy classes, and we do church planner training. And every single one of those results uh, in a church that's planted. That's great. We've worked with Mission India for quite some time now, and we're so excited to continue working with you. Why India? Well, in terms of uh, the answer to that question, we go right to the very heart of God, and that is in terms of people who don't know Jesus. Um, you know, there we always say that, that there are um, people who are lost. Like, for example, I live in Holland, Michigan. I have people who live around me who we would say are lost. They, they aren't in a relationship with Jesus. But in India, we're talking a completely different category of people. We're talking about people who are unreached no access to a Bible, another believer, Christian broadcast, or Christian literature. Um, so it's the most unreached nation in the entire world. And uh, lots of organizations are involved in the Great Commission, um, but 
because of the size of India, 1.3 billion people, and the fact that there is more unreached people there than anywhere else in the world, we work in one place, and that's in India, um, to plant reproducing churches through our three primary programs. How impactful. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how your agency directly impacts the unreached peoples of India. Okay, so we take the, the nation of India, and as we look at it, we first of all want to understand what's the culture, what's happening there, and so some of the key things that we know about it is that the dominant religion is Hinduism. Um, that means there's 330 million different deities they worship, so they believe that that the, the, the God, the deity, is so big it can't be contained in any one thing, so it's contained in almost everything. Um, we also understand that, that if you're going to reach the country of India, you better figure out how to reach children, um, because by 2020, India is going to be the youngest nation in the entire world. And then also, as we study India, we begin to learn things about poverty and illiteracy, and if you study India geographically, you'll see that 70% of India is rural. And in those rural areas are villages. Now, just to be simple, we would say that 70% of all the women that live in those villages can't read or write. So then we go in there with the felt need of teaching people to read and write. And through that, we introduce to them who Jesus is. Um, so that's kind of our, our method is... is understanding it from a, a cultural standpoint, a geographical standpoint, and just realistically. And then the other thing is, is, is when you start to get at the children's information, 50% um, of every single child in India is either malnourished, doesn't attend school, or serves as a child laborer um, to help their family just put food on the table. So it's just a, a place that is desperate for the hope that only Jesus Christ can bring. Yeah, it sounds like it. Thank you so much for that. Um, a little bit about what the Sunlight Readathon will support. You have three different things you work, or three different ways that people can support Mission India, but what specifically will happen if people support Mission India through the Sunlight Readathon? So through the Sunlight Readathon, we've decided that we're going to concentrate on our year-long children's Bible clubs. I mean, we think that's just a natural fit, right? You have homeschool families with children and saying, hey, let's do something to impact other children uh, who live in India. And what the challenge is, is the challenge is to raise $100,000. It's $50,000 raised, $50,000 matched. And what that'll result in is that'll result in 4,200 children hearing about the love of Jesus. And that's what the whole thing is, is at its core is these 4,200 kids I'm getting to hear about Christ. And the reason this is so strategic is these kids, when they hear about Christ, when they receive Christ, when the love of Christ begins to enter their heart and they begin to change, they go home and their parents start to notice it. And we would say the most effective means of reaching people for the gospel is children. Jesus is doing more through children to reach families for Christ than anything else. So, so now in India, we don't call it a, a year-long children's Bible club. We call it an after-school club. And kids go there and they get help with their homework. 
Um, they do action songs, they hear stories of the Bible, um, and they do scripture memory. And here's the, the interesting thing is, is a big part of Hinduism is prayer. Um, so kids just naturally start to pray to Jesus. And once the Holy Spirit um, causes them to, to receive Christ, uh, it just, the Holy Spirit just takes over and just tra transforms and changes their lives. So, so the interesting thing is if you break that down, you know, in terms of reaching these kids, it's $238 a year causes a kid to go for a whole entire year and hear about Jesus that comes to just $4.57 a week. Um, so that's going to be the impact is these 4,200 kids who uh, get to hear about Jesus because of sunlight. Yeah, that's awesome. So how is the fundraising support changing the lives of those in India? So I would say the best way to answer that is probably through a story. So one of my favorite stories is um, I was in India a number of years ago and I was at this celebration of these children and parents who came to faith in Christ and different people got up on stage and shared their testimony. And this little girl um, got up on stage and her testimony was is that um, she was a Hindu, her family was Hindus, a children's Bible club leader was in their village and just went, goes door to door, invites kids to come and her parents allowed her to go. And while she was there through everything that the, the after school club offers, help with homework, the stories of Jesus, prayers and scripture memorization, she became a Christian. Well, during that time, her mom and dad and her sister were still Hindus. And um, her mom became really, really sick. So her dad started, you know, praying to all the Hindu deities and nothing happened. They took her um, to the Hindu temple, and there you have to pay someone, the Hindu priest, you pay them to pray. And they did all that, spent a lot of money. Still, their mom was, was getting sicker and sicker um, to the point where it began to get hopeless that they began to fear that she would die. So finally, this little girl worked up the nerve and asked her dad, said, could I invite my um, children's Bible club leader, and could her and I um, pray for mom, lay our hands on mom, and pray for healing. Now, the amazing thing about the story to me is this little girl's a brand new Christian, and already she's, she's about nine years old, and at nine years old, she believes in the power of prayer. She believes that you can lay your hand on that, and that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will heal. So anyways, children's Bible club leader came over, and laid their hands on mom, and instantly mom was healed. I'm talking about turn off the lights, dark, turn on the lights, instantly, out of bed, moving around. The whole entire family and, and, and all the, the houses in the village that were near their house all came to faith in Jesus Christ through that healing. Another quick story, if I have time, is a little girl. That one gave me goosebumps. Continue. <laughs> Another little girl, and her name was Monica. She was in a village. Her mom and dad and their sister, they're all Hindus. Her dad's an alcoholic, a drunkard, and he spends all of the money on alcohol. So they're going without food, and um, there's fear that they're not going to be able to live where they're living anymore. And again, she's invited to a children's Bible club. Through that children's Bible club, she becomes a, a Christian, and because of, of Hinduism and its belief in prayer, when you meet Jesus, prayer is just natural. 
I've prayed with all kinds of people and I've never experienced more power and passion in terms of prayer than when I'm in India. So this little girl, Monica, decides that at night when her dad comes in and is and, is, and, and goes to bed, that she's going to sneak into his room and she's going to lay her hands over her dad and she's going to pray for him. And her whole entire children's Bible club started praying for her dad. Her mom started to notice these changes in Monica and started to say, hey, what's going on? And her mom started to pray. So anyways, her mom then became a Christian because she saw all this change in her daughter. And they started going to church, but the dad didn't like it that they were going to church. So one Sunday, he followed them to church, and he decided that he was going to beat them in front of the whole entire church. And anyways, and he thought he would, he would because it's a, such a culture of shame, that he would shame them, and they would never return. Anyways, he walked into the church, and the preacher was preaching, and the Holy Spirit, he said, grabbed his heart. And he, he couldn't move, and he just sat there and listened, and he was so overcome by the message of the love of Jesus that he gave his life to Christ and his life was transformed and it changed their whole entire family. Um, he instantly lost the desire to drink alcohol um, and he received a better job and things just changed. And, and as I listened to him, he said, our lives changed because Monica's life was changed. And it's just a great story about it's not just the 4,200 kids that this will reach. It's the families. It's the, it's the reality we don't even know about. And it's just so exciting. I mean, I just don't know what's more exciting to do with your time or, or with your life than to help people come to meet Jesus. And, and I just think all of the people who are going to participate, I'm just so grateful for the passion that they have um, for other people to come to know Jesus. It's just, it just does my heart so good. Our Sun Letters really do have that passion. That one made me tear up, that yep. story. Thank you for sharing that one. I really do hope that we continue to learn about the impacts that you guys are making in India through the Sunlight Fundraiser specifically. That would be amazing to learn and to share with our people um, again after everything is completed. Speaking of when everything's completed, the Sunlight Fundraiser, the, the readathon, is a very small window of time. Is there another way that our um, audience could support Mission India outside of the window of the Sunlight Fundraiser? Yeah, so, so we would say is um, to go to our website and just to, to look at it in terms of um, the three primary programs of what they could do. But I would just say that here's the best ways that you can support us is the number one most important way is prayer. So we have a saying at Mission India that prayer is the first work of missions. Um, the Bible talks about childlike faith. So my first inclination is to always ask children to pray because they just believe, I think, a little bit more than uh, some of us who've grown older and, and experienced just different things in life. So that is the number one thing, to pray um, for our partners and our leaders as they present the gospel. So there's a verse in Colossians, which is the best thing to pray. Colossians chapter four, it, um, the apostle Paul says, and pray for me too, that God would open a door for our message for which I'm in chains and, and pray that I present it as clearly as I should. So we would ask people to pray that God opens doors for the gospel through the year-long children Bible club and that um, the message would be presented clearly. I was praying with someone the other day and they prayed that there would be a double, if not a triple response um, this year 
uh, in India. And I thought, what a great prayer to pray. That's about praying that the gospel is clear. So we would say praying is the number one thing. Financially, in terms of sponsoring people, um, we would encourage people to do that. One of the great things about Mission India is we only sponsor a club for one year. And at the end of that year, it becomes a church and becomes self-sufficient. Um, so we don't, for 20 years, sponsor the same program. It's always something new every year. We really encourage self-sufficiency. Um, we don't want people to get dependent on, on our financial gifts. And then last is to advocate. I think the most important thing, one of the most important things, again, you can do is to be a voice for the voiceless. And people in India don't know necessarily that they need Jesus. So we need to be a voice for that. So kids, I'd encourage you to talk to your pastor, your churches, your friends, and to say, hey, are, are, 